It's a very personal, very important thing. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Here it is. Show me the money. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Under the Covers, presented by No Easy Buckets. Um, back here once again for the new college football season. We're a couple weeks early. Uh, got a couple games next weekend, but we wanted to go ahead and jump in um, uh, with a little uh, preview action. We did the SEC over-unders plus some last year, uh, the win totals, season win totals for all the teams. So we wanted to jump back and uh, jump back into that this week and um, for our first episode. And, of course, I'm joined by Mike and Clay once again. What's up, guys? What's going on, man? Good to talk to you and hear your voice again, Jacob. We are uh, sitting here in Memphis, and we're itching for some college football. So tonight we're going to start scratching that itch. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, had, we, we don't talk outside of this, so it has been uh, since the last recording. I don't I haven't spoken to either of you. so Over um, six months, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's, tough to, it's tough to keep the chemistry, but we somehow figured it out. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's good to be back. We did some NBA a couple months ago. Uh, me and me and Blake were out in Vegas, uh, for a couple of days, had a couple of recordings there. That was a lot of fun. Um, obviously everybody, uh, Hunter was, uh, snitch was involved for a couple of Grizzlies episodes as well. We got some good stuff with those guys, all three of them planned for the upcoming season. Uh, but this one's going to be kept pretty straightforward episode just with the, the team totals and everything. But, um, um, but yeah, I mean, we've, we've been talking about what, I mean, past two or three weeks ever since the really the NBA kind of quit taking the news stand or quit taking the breaking news away from everybody else we started talking about college football and that's kind of been all we've been focused on yeah summer camps and training started schools in session it that's when you know it's really coming down to uh Labor Day weekends when school's back in session so I'm, I'm excited I've been waiting about you know six months to get back on this pod to, as snitch says lose our money Mike so We'll see what happens. Yeah, you've been, uh, you've been itching to give some uh, some uh, some more of those losers out. Oh yeah, no doubt. Clay's got plenty of winners for us. He's got, he said he's going five and zero every week until week seven. <laughs> What's week seven? Oh, I have no idea. Oh, that's just Vegas. The... Vegas wins eventually. You got to hit them early in the year. This is when the practice reports that we read all day, every day when we're supposed to be working, that's when these pay off early in the season. Oh, yeah. And there's so many of those practice – like, that's uh, – with all the different blogs out there nowadays, like, you, you can – there's so much more info that you can spend your time on. Every single thing that happens in practice gets, like, a, a its own article on that. Oh, yeah. Plus, the bookies hadn't even figured out – really, they haven't figured out anybody's teams yet. And this is the hardest part is the beginning of the year – uh, when you look at some of these really good games coming up, but I mean, at the end of the day, uh, college football in general, we know is pretty consistent for the most part. Yeah, not for sure. Um, but let's go ahead and get into it with uh, the the SEC. We're going to run through. Obviously, that's that's the fan base. That's the everybody we pay the most attention to. It's also the best in the best in the country. So we'll run through the East real quick. Let me recap kind of how it finished last year briefly. Um, obviously, Georgia uh, finished seven and one in the conference and won. Kentucky and Florida are both five and three in conference. Um, both Kentucky won ten games last year too. Sometimes I forget that, <laughs> but they did do that. And then uh, South Carolina, Missouri, Vandy, and Tennessee kind of rounded out the uh, in that order. Rounded out the East. 
Um, looks like it probably is going to be a similar order this year. I think you might want to throw in Missouri uh, in place of Kentucky, where they were in second place last year, but we'll get into that. Um, let's just go ahead and start off with uh, the class of the East, and that's Georgia. They uh, started out the season – or they opened up uh, earlier this summer with a 10-and-a-half number. Um, uh, and then it's since risen to 11, which is probably going to stay there. I'm sure most of these numbers are going to stay there before the season starts, and you're going to want to go ahead and bet those this weekend anyway. But they're currently at 11, uh, 11 for the season total. What do you guys uh, – or, Clay, what do you think about that? 11, that's, that's quite a lot for Georgia. Yes, they've uh, narrowly lost the national title game and basically lost it again in the SEC title game last year. But – you can't go over 11. They got Notre Dame coming to town this year, which is always interesting. They go to Auburn. They have A&M coming to town. They obviously can't say it anymore, but we still call it the world's largest outdoor cocktail party with Florida in Jacksonville. I'm going to go under. I think uh, I think at best they went 11 and we would push, but going over 11 with the Georgia Bulldogs is just too much risk for me. I'm going to go under 11. That's high, yeah. And that's just that's one loss over the course of I mean that's a tough. I mean they were they were looked at to be better last year and they still went ten and two I think in the regular conference. So, I mean they they got rolled at LSU last year. I mean absolutely dirt rolled. <laughs> yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, they did. Um, for me, just eleven I feel like is right on the money. I, I don't think there's really much value in in doing anything but the under. I mean, if you're going to predict an undefeated season, I mean, this may be the year to do it uh, just because their competition really doesn't begin until November when they do play in the largest cocktail party. Uh, I mean, they got Notre Dame at home to start in uh, the fourth week, but no one really knows what Notre Dame is. We know damn sure that they're not better than Georgia. I mean, we don't have to do any type of research to know that Kirby Smart's got the boys ready. Um, I think the toughest bit of their schedule is November when they got Florida, Missouri at home, at Auburn, and then they come back home for A&M. I mean, if they get three out of those four, I'd be be very shocked. I mean, shocked in a good way. I mean, I think that's that's the toughest stretch. Their strength of schedule ranks, I think – let me see here. It's actually 13th in the nation, but believe it or not, from a conference standpoint, it's one of the bottom. Which is yeah, weird. yeah. They got all the East teams, and then their their crossover game is Auburn and A and M. Which I mean, they're they're not they're not slouches, but they're not the top two or three teams probably in the West this year. We can't sleep on Jacobs Vanderbilt Commodores. That's week one. That's <laughs> Saturday in Nashville. Nashville's going to be just full of one, one in one in one out at Vandy Stadium. Yeah, one of Georgia fans. Yes, nothing but Georgia fans. Yeah. Nothing but Georgia fans. And they, and they always have a good strength of schedule because they always finish the season with Georgia Tech. And, you know, that's that's always a non-conference. And, I mean, they have Notre Dame as well, who was in the playoff last year. So, I mean, they're, like, they're, their strength of schedule is is, is, is going to always rate highly. But, you know, they they usually take care of business out of conference. And it's usually like, like last year, LSU, who trips them up early in the season. Or, you know, this year, like you said, there's not really a test early. Um, Tennessee's their fifth game of the year for a uh, second conference game. But, you know, you don't really see – I mean, maybe they get a scare on the road in Knoxville. But, um, like you said, they're really not getting tested until – besides Notre Dame, they're not getting tested until uh, the game against Florida in, in November. So, 
they they could already have they could already have seven wins by by that time, but they finish out pretty tough. I think the like both you said, I think under is the call just because of how it went last year, and you know they lost a couple of receivers to the pros, Hardeman and and Ridley, and then you know I mean Fromm Fromm's going to be headed out, so maybe you get a good season from him. But I think under is the uh, is the call, and I'm gonna mark that down for you guys. So we're gonna go under with them, but I still think don't you do you guys think they still probably win the win the East? Oh yeah, I, I definitely uh, think so. No. I, I don't. I think in Florida may be the team to contest that, but if they can get past Florida, I think they've got it. Yeah, Florida's going to be improved, but they're not ready to play with Georgia yet. Georgia still, will win the East. It's quarterback play still so much better at uh, Georgia. Probably the best in the conference, unless Kelly Bryant just. Uh, I mean, best in the division, unless Kelly Bryant just really shows out, which. We'll get to that, um, but I'm just kind of going in order here, uh, no particular order. Uh, let's jump to Florida. Um, they opened up at nine uh, season total, and they're still at nine. Um, obviously, they uh, kind of, I would say, surprised last year. Um, it wasn't, I mean, I guess it was Mullen's first, Dan Mullen's first season. They weren't predicted to not go to a bowl or anything like that, but they really started off hot and uh, had the upset, a couple upsets, and uh, finished out 10-3, and three, um, beating Michigan in the bowl. Um, I think they were, uh, yeah, finished out around number seven in the country. So, um, finished third in the division last year. I mean, Franks is back this year. They lost a lot on the O-line. Some, you know, Van Jefferson's still back at wide receiver. I mean, what do you, uh, what do you guys think on there on a nine? Is that too high or is that right on the bubble of like, with, especially with them having 10 wins last year? I would, uh, I would go over by just looking at their schedule I mean, they go to Baton Rouge, but they get Auburn at home. Mm-hmm. They also have the the. There's only two teams in the SEC playing eight eight straight weeks to begin the year. That's Florida and Ole Miss. But I could see them losing in Baton Rouge, and then that that late November game at Missouri, depending on if Missouri gets their bowl ban reversed or not, would really depend on uh, how fired up Missouri is. I mean, at worst, I'd see them losing losing three. But Florida State isn't what it used to be. Miami just named a freshman quarterback for next week in Orlando. So, I think Mullen will win. Uh, he'll probably win nine. He, he's better than people give him credit for. So, I would take the over here. Yeah. You think uh, you think Mullen can get Mar- Tate Martell uh, to, in school in time to start him at Florida instead of Miami since he's benched there? Yeah, I think the uh, academic requirements in Florida are a little easier than Miami, but I don't think those uh, apply to Tate Martell. Maybe two weeks is too little time. <laughs> um. <clears throat> what do you got, Mike? Well, considering last year how much we downplayed Mullen being at Florida, we were all obviously shocked that he got 10 wins and had a big win in Michigan uh, for the bowl game. But I think year two is going to be, you know, he's proven himself as a coach in general. He's the true quarterback whisperer when you have a guy like Felipe Franks going out there um, doing what he did. They went from 51st in the nation and offense, S&P Plus, all the way to 15th last year. I mean, they, they won in Starkville. They beat LSU. Overall, I think nine is right on the money. Um, once again, I don't have a play here, but if I, had to get, if I had to bet on it, I would take the over. Um, given the situation they've got in the beginning of the year, um, go ahead and circle September 14th at Kentucky. I don't care what the line is. Go ahead and take Florida because Mullen is going to shove it down their throat. I really think, like, that's a revenge game for him. Getting embarrassed in the swamp to Kentucky, I think he's had that on his schedule forever. Um, towards the end of the year is kind of – their last four weeks is kind of here and there. 
Georgia at home. I mean, Georgia and Jacksonville, that's their biggest one. In Baton Rouge, I think LSU – I mean, we'll talk about LSU later, but I've got LSU being very good. Um, so, I think they lose to LSU. They lose to Missouri at Missouri. I think that that's a loss. Um, so, nine and three sounds about right. Georgia, Missouri, LSU being my losses. Um, Auburn's always a close one. I think that's a 50-50 game. But I think nine would be where I would stand. Yeah, that's a pretty tough schedule. Pretty tough schedule uh, with uh, Florida State at the end too. I mean, they're not projected to be anything, but still, it's not it's not a snoozer. But yeah, but you got a second year under Mullen's system, and Mullen's proven to have a good offensive system, especially with the talent he has now at the University of Florida compared to uh, Starkville, Mississippi. So I mean, he's on the up and up. So so you're going under, or you're going right there at the number. Yeah, just give me the number and go ahead and give it. You're going to be a pusher? Yeah, I'm going to be a pusher. And I'm a pusher on Georgia. I already said it. I mean, uh, yeah, if you had to put a gun to my head and say, what do you got? I mean, sure, I'll take the under on Georgia. But I'd probably – yeah, I'd probably lean on the under too if I had to. But, I mean, being at even lines, I I, I don't want to do anything. Yeah, I got you. And you do have – you have under two, Clay? No, I got the over. I'll take the over. I'm not going to agree with Vegas on every pick like Money Mike. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, he's he's he hasn't told everybody yet, but they've been using his insight for the the lines they put out, so it kind of makes sense. They consult me before they release them. <laughs> yeah, um, have been for some time now. Um, so yeah, let's move on. Um, I mean, I'm going to go. That's tough with me. I mean, I'm I'm going to go under just because I really don't trust Franks. I mean, I saw this number earlier when I was researching. He didn't throw any picks last year, which is crazy to think about. I mean, he played the whole season at quarterback. Um, he had some ups and downs, but I guess he never threw an interception. Um, so, I'm going to go under just because I think there's going to be some regression there. I still don't think he's even in a third-year role is going to be that that good. And then uh, I think you may see some slight regret. Not that they're going to be too much of a, worse of a team, but they have a pretty tough schedule. So, I'm going to go under under nine there. Probably going to be an eight-win team or right at the number. Um, and then uh, next up, I'm going to move to Missouri, who uh, start, opened up at seven and then rose to eight most recently in the, as, uh, in the um, in Bravada. And most notably, they have the transfer Kelly Bryant from Clemson, who's not getting a ring, so don't, don't try to give him one. And, uh, you know, I mean, they were – they were a pretty good team last year with Drew Locke. You know, he's a second-round pick. But, uh, you know, what do you think as far as them this year? And you said, Clay, their bowl ban may be overturned, and that could be a huge factor in the number. Yeah, that's uh, that's what the word on the street is, is there's a potential chance for that to be overturned. What would you say the number was again here? It's uh, currently at eight is what I saw, unless I had it wrong. Eight? I will uh... – I will go out on a limb and take the over here for Missouri. Judging by their schedule, Wyoming, West Virginia, Southeast Missouri, and then South Carolina to start, that's easy 4-0. And then Troy, Ole Miss, Vandy, that's 7-0, honestly. Go to Kentucky, depends on how good Kentucky is. But I like Kelly Bryant slinging the ball around. He's not going to have the ring on his finger weighing him down. So I'm going to go over here with Missouri. I think they really get it quick in this year. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm riding Missouri as well. I mean, I was on them last year with Drew Locke. I mean, this whole pod was a big Drew Locke fans. Um, and then you got a guy like Kelly Bryant coming in who's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, um, especially with the new news of 
um, him not getting a ring. Big shocker there. Um, but Derek Dooley is still there. He didn't screw the pooch this year. With, uh, Shout Drew out to Derek Dooley. Shout out to Derek Dooley. Uh, for 2019, once again, Kelly Bryant. Remember yeah. this name, Albert Aquagabunum. <laughs> Just remember oh, that I'm name. I'm not going to. I, I can't even okay. spell it. Um, Aquagabunum, whoever, whoever can pronounce it. Let's – you know, we'll figure it out. But remember the name because he is an NFL caliber tight end. Their wide receiver core should be top 25 again this year. Uh, defensively, they got six starters back, primarily in secondary. They weren't very good defensively last year, 10th in the SEC. But, I mean, they should improve with the returners they got. Uh, well, I mean, like Clay said, I mean, they, they've got a cakewalk. They're going to be 8-0 and before they go into Athens uh, yeah. to play Georgia. Then they got Florida, Tennessee, Arkansas. Um, Arkansas is going to get us that ninth win. So, yes, all in on Missouri. Yeah, I mean, they started out um, – and Missouri is one of those teams that they traditionally win the games they're supposed to in conference too. Um, and they had those first two years in the, in the SEC where they won the East and kind of surprised everybody. And then, you know, last year they were pretty consistent as well. Um, you know, they're, I mean, they're just – like you said, they're going to probably start out 7-1 or 8-0 and then have the tough games left. They still have Tennessee sandwiched in there, Tennessee and Arkansas to finish the season. So, you know, you could easily see them get into eight wins, even if they lose all their tough, their toughest games to Georgia and Florida, which, I mean, I, first time I guess I've looked at the schedule, like all laid out like this, and it's such a cakewalk. I mean, God, especially with West Virginia uh, being down this year, most likely after um, – after uh, Will Greer gone. Um, and keep in mind that Missouri is on a, you know, t- bowl ban at this moment, but they're fighting it. But, I mean, that, that gives you a little bit more of a, an edge to know. that I mean, they probably got a chance. They're going to come in this, you know, into this season, you know, yeah. you know, risking it all because at this point, if they're not in a bowl, they're going to be playing a lot more boldly um, out there against the bigger teams, and they could shock one of them. I, I think Florida could be a shock. Like you're they did last gonna, year. I mean, they, they beat Florida handily last year. You're definitely going to get Kelly Bryant trying to uh, prove himself coming off of what he did last year or, you know, come being the transfer and obviously trying to go to the draft. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, I think we're all three in consensus on the over for Missouri. I mean, eight seems a little low. Maybe, maybe they know something that we don't like normal. But um, I think just the, if you vote on the schedule in general, it's just too, too easy not to go over there. Um, uh, next up, we'll run through with uh, South Carolina. They opened up at six and dropped to five and a half. Now, I'm unaware if there was like some crazy injury. Uh, I believe Brantley's still back there. Um, they finished uh, seven and six last year, four and four in the conference. They were actually, I think, predicted to be a little bit better than that um, uh, with Muschamp, but they kind of uh, they kind of flamed out. Um, n- nothing really, you know. They lost Debo Samuel. There's nothing really there that I particularly like. Uh, you know, the defense hadn't even been in that great under Muschamp, which is which is kind of surprising. But um, five and a half still low for a seven-win team that still returns their quarterback, um, the most notable player. So, I don't know what you guys think about uh, about that number. About Kentucky? South Carolina. No, South Carolina, I'm sorry. I yeah. wasn't paying attention there. Uh, they got the third hardest schedule in the league or in the entire NCAA. Right. So, I mean, they play North Carolina, Charleston Southern to start the year. Then they got Bama at Missouri, Kentucky at home at Georgia. Then they go. Then they play Florida. So I mean, the the meat of their schedule is right at right in the middle. But then you have at A and M and Clemson to end the year. So 
between those, I don't really see much of an opportunity for Muschamp to really progress there. And frankly, he may be the one to get – actually, I don't know. I mean, with the, with the tough schedule he has, he has an excuse. So he may be on the hot seat, but I doubt it. Um, but overall, I mean, they've got Bentley coming back. He's not – never proven to be great, but he did lead him to a top 25 passing offense. Um, but either way, I mean, their, their schedule is too tough. So yeah. I'm going to hit the under on them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going uh, under as well on Carolina. And the crazy thing about this is, is this is probably on paper Muschamp's most talented team from head to toe. But with that schedule, they, they just really don't have a chance. He'll, he'll probably win five and he'll get a pass because of how hard the schedule is. But this team's not going bowling. That schedule's too brutal. And you yeah. hate it for him. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like you said, like he could get a pass on this season because of the schedule. But I mean, you know, he's all he's he's failed at a couple different stops now, and you know, with the, with the quick with as quick as coaches move in the in the league now, I could see you know some up and comer kind of taking that job, especially if Clemson goes eleven and one or twelve and zero again, and, and and obviously wins another title or goes to the championship game. You know, that's just a lot of in-state pressure, especially since uh, Muschamp wanted to reiterate that they're not the little brother to Clemson, even though that's the most obvious thing that you could have pointed out. Um, so uh, yeah. never, he's never been the sharpest tool in the shed. No one's ever said he was either. That's he's he's uh he's not he's not uh, not known for his smarts, um, known for his sweat. Yeah. So let's uh, move on to Tennessee. I think everybody's kind of uh, in, in line there with South Carolina. I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go under on them just because I'm really down on them. But five and a half is pretty low. Um, and then uh, let's move uh, let's move on to Tennessee. Like I said, they opened up at seven. Um, moved down to six and a half. Um, they uh, last year they finished uh, at five and seven, only two wins in the in the in the conference. Pretty down season in Pruitt's first year. But a lot of people are obviously a lot of Tennessee fans are uh, uh, on board that uh, they're going to be a lot better this year. But what's new in uh, Rocky Top? Uh, Guantano, the quarterback, is back for his third year. And when you can bring a quarterback back for his third year, that's that's been bad his first two. You always do it. Um, and, uh, so, I mean, you know, they, they, they view themselves as the class of the SEC. They haven't been that way in a long time. Six and a half though, bowl game, uh, you know, that, that'd be a pretty good season for them. Um, what do you guys think, uh, on the, on the outlook? Give me under on the Rocky top. Sorry, Clay. I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. Rocky top under six and a half for sure. Uh, I mean, offensively, they should be a lot better. I mean, I watched them struggle against the Charlotte 49ers uh, last season. They scored like 14 points against them. Um, they do play in sep- end of September, beginning of October. They do play at Florida, Georgia at home, Mississippi State at home, and at Alabama. I mean, that's that's probably their toughest stretch in the year. And then they finish up um, at Missouri versus Vanderbilt. I mean, they had – it's South Carolina, and we don't know if South Carolina is going to win that. I mean, that that's a 50-50. Um, I'm I'm under on this. I think six and six is their peak. Yeah. What about you, Clay? You know, I don't give Tennessee a lot of credit, nor should I, but I'm going to go over on this one. I think they steal that game in Lexington in early November, and then I think they take care of business elsewhere. I think they go seven and five. I think it's just uh, it's time. I know the last five years has been it's time for Tennessee to do something, but 
I think they get to seven this year. I think Pruitt's a good coach. He's going to get it done there. So I'm going to go over and uh, fade, lose our money, Mike. Uh-oh, first fade. So are they going to be the team to play at the Liberty Bowl? Because I'm sure the whole city of Memphis is dying for that. <laughs> I already got my tickets, Mike. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, Vanderbilt, they can beat Vanderbilt. but I think Can they? I mean, they haven't in four years. We keep saying, like, oh, yeah, they're going to beat Vanderbilt. But, damn, like, beat them once. I know, right? I mean, Butch, BYU's never – Butch couldn't do it. Yeah, Butch couldn't. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, they – they they uh, their out-of-conference is not – is nothing to – is nothing too major. I mean, BYU, you never know how good they're going to be. They've been down the past two years. And then UAB uh, is back playing football. But they had a good season last year, and they really competed – um, and won a lot of games, so maybe that's a that would be that'd be a great great game to see UAB pull out. I um, uh, hope Ate is not uh, listening right now, but um, he will be. We'll have, get, we'll have to get his uh, once we have uh, our boots on the ground in Vegas. We'll have to get his. Uh, we'll have to get his take on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think me and Mike are going under on Tennessee six and a half. I think. I still think I, I could see him winning six games. I just think with if they're giving us giving me the half point, I'm going to go under but clay's uh a little bit more positive going over fade and mike well, let's move on uh through the east we got two teams left let's go to kentucky uh they're at six and a half right now that's where they opened up at they uh, as i said earlier they won 10 games last year uh kind of a surprise um uh really really uh, fought hard you know beat mississippi state early in the season and a big game there um they uh, their field is now has changed from commonwealth to kroger field so factor that in how you will uh, Cash Daniel is also back, uh, one of the douchiest linebackers in the SEC, as well as Terry Wilson, um, who uh, managed to win a bunch of games last year, barely throwing the ball. So I don't know how you want to – it's one of those teams where I could see them, you know, coming off a 10-win season, they could really drop, even though they didn't, you know, you know they lost Benny Snell. and you know, They had two draft picks, and, and one of them was a top-10 pick, but I could see them returning a lot of the same squad and still not winning close to 10 games. What uh? What's our number here again? Sorry, six and a half. Six and a half. I'll go over. I think Kentucky takes a step back. They had multiple first round picks, but just looking at their schedule, I mean, they closed the month of November with Tennessee at home at Vandy, UT Martin, and Louisville. That's four and zero right there, or three and one if I have to uh, predict that Tennessee wins there. But the schedule's not bad. Kentucky lost a lot, but they opened up with two easy wins. They obviously don't beat Mississippi State again this year. I think uh, Joe Moorhead will have that one circled. But I like over here. I don't think they get to seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm with Clay. I love the over. Um, it's hard for a team that won nine games last year in the regular season to drop so far off, especially with enough of their talent coming back. I mean, yeah, defensively, they are ranked one of the worst in returning production, 127th. Um, according to Football Outsiders. But it's just really hard to drop that far down, um, especially when you've got new recruits coming in and people that they've had for a while. Uh, the key game, I think, to look at for this is South Carolina and Columbia. And then after playing back-to-back against Florida and Mississippi State the prior week, so that's really going to determine this. It puts them back at 3-2 and two with home games to Arkansas, Missouri, Tennessee, uh, you win your non-conference games to seal the deal because I think yep. seven's on the money. And shout out to Quentin Bohanna from Cordova holding it down on the D line. 
we go. I don't know the guy, but he's a Memphis guy. I work in Cordova, so shout out Dirty Dova. Shout out to Dova. Uh, so I think we're all three. I'm going over on that as well. I think they're going to be worse than last year, but obviously they was kind of an outlier season. Um, I think seven is a kind of the appropriate number. There's definitely seven wins on the schedule. Um, you know, I think uh, with them having games against Arkansas and uh, and um, uh, South Carolina and, and uh, Tennessee and Vandy, who could all be you know winnable games, especially. Um, and then the, the out-of-conference schedule is pretty weak as well. But, yeah, so I think, you know, I, I, we're all pretty much in agreement there that Kentucky uh, is going to be uh, over over six and a half. We're all all in consensus there. It's definitely seven wins on the schedule um, uh, with a little bit less, worse than last year. But, uh, you know, that was kind of an outlier. Um, so let's move on to Vanderbilt. Uh, they opened up at five. They're still at five. Uh, they won six games last year um, going to a bowl game. Um, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn's returning there, new quarterback. They got his transfer in. I think he's from Ball State. Uh, you know, they had the big fight against Florida last year when they were winning a little bit, and then Florida came back and won. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fighting team. I'm glad they held on to Derek Mason. Uh, he's, a, he's a, you know, one of my favorite coaches in the SEC. He's a fun guy to watch. Um, what do you guys think on Vandy? I'm notorious. I was over on the over last year, won the win total there. So I'm going to go ahead and get out in front of you guys, sorry, and, and say that I'm going to go over again on that five number. But you guys can go ahead and uh, fill me in. If you're uh, as big as Derek Mason fan as you say you are, you better get all of them you can this year. Vandy, three and nine, he's fired under on the doors. Damn. Yeah, I can't. Perfect storm. They they go to Purdue second week to West Lafayette. We all know what kind of dangerous environment that is. <laughs> and I don't see I don't see a lot of wins here for Vandy. I got a under and Derek Mason fired. Brutal. I mean, I could see five if they can somehow slip the the game and they can win the game in Oxford, but they they have a pretty brutal schedule to start. They got well, they play Georgia at home. We already know that's one and one out. Uh, Purdue at Purdue. And then LSU, they host LSU at home, but they got to buy early in the week, so they got a week to prepare for LSU. I know that's going to make a huge difference. Um, but Northern Illinois, UNLV, ETSU, and maybe Purdue. Do either one of y'all know anything about Purdue this they year? They brought their coach back, uh, I believe. Yeah. Well, he doesn't. Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom, yeah. He doesn't run plays for the. Team. Hey man, that's telling you what to know. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, they've got some notable home games. They play LSU at home, uh, Missouri at home, uh, Tennessee. Well, they play at Tennessee. They're due, guys. They're due for the loss against Tennessee, so that puts them at under. If uh, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you guys. Both of you guys. I mean, both you guys are going. Are you going under, Mike? Yeah, You're going under. So you, you and uh, you and Claire are both going under. Um, they, they came through for me last year. Um, I, I definitely see three non-conference wins. I could see them beating Ole Miss and maybe South Carolina. Um, but I'm not going to go with a push. I'm going to go with over because I'm not scared. I'm going to go with over and that Vandy's going back to a bowl and Derek Mason is going to save, save his job once again, as he does every year. Um, so, uh, I'll, I'll let it be known. I'm sticking with the, uh, the over for Vandy. And then, um, so that finishes up the SEC East. All right, guys. So let's move on to the SEC West. It's what everybody's here for. Um, obviously, the best uh, best division in uh, college football. Uh, Alabama 
starting off with the best. Uh, opened up at 11, still at 11. Uh, obviously lost the national championship to Clemson last year. Uh, Jalen Hurts transferred. Tua is still around. You still got Jerry Judy. You still got um, uh, Najee Harris at running back. Uh, obviously they're loaded. Plenty of all preseason All-Americans and All-SEC guys. Um, so uh, do you guys see them – uh, you know, pushing that number? Do you see them going undefeated in the regular season, you know, once again? I, uh, I got no reason to go against them over. They, uh, they always do it. So why go against them until they don't? I feel you on that one. I mean, the biggest thing they have that's uh, – I don't know if it's good or bad, but they got Steve Sarkeesian coming back. Um, <laughs> he decided to stay somewhere for a couple of years instead. Yeah, I mean, if you got a guy like Tua, I mean, you're going to be fine. I think the only game on the radar that would be a threat would be at Auburn at the end of the year. Uh, don't forget about at the, at Cowbell mm-hmm. in November. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I think if they can get through – uh, they play at A&M. I mean, A&M kind of gave them a scare last year. Or maybe I'm thinking of a different team, but they played them pretty well. Um, LSU, I mean, they, they always have LSU's number. So, I mean, the bulk of the season really isn't that bad. I mean, we all can't wait to watch Cutcliffe coach on the Blue Devils to get beat by 50 <laughs> week one. <laughs> In Atlanta. Who scheduled yeah. this game? <laughs> they sched- I remember they scheduled this like eight years ago when Duke was like – I think they made a New Year's Six Bowl that year before or something, and everybody's like, oh, man, Duke's Duke's playing Bama in Atlanta. <laughs> so it's like now it's a joke. It's yeah. a huge joke. And I think they play uh, – doesn't Bama play another notable non-conference game like in two years against somebody bad, but they, they're – I'm Probably drawing Louisville or something. Yeah. No, it, it's not like a – it's like a Boise State or somebody like that. I don't remember. I'll have to – I'll look it up while y'all are talking. But um. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good record with scheduling those games like five or six years out because uh, it looks good in the news when you do it. And then five years later, you're like, oh, wow, they're not good anymore. So, you know, props to Bama for, uh, for figuring that out once again. You know, like they haven't figured everything else out. But I think we're all pretty much in consensus on over on that. I mean, it's tough to bet against them. Uh you know, even if, if even if it seems like 11 is going to be tough to get to uh, in the SEC, uh, it seems like they always find a way. Whether it's you know they catch somebody on their worst night, or um, or or they're just you know even more dominant than we thought. So, well, all three on over consensus in Alabama, uh, LSU up next. Uh, <clears throat> they uh, started out at nine. Uh, they're still at nine. They finished the year last year ten and three. They started off slow, um, and they lost that game to Florida. Uh, but they finished out pretty strong, um, and, uh, you know, they looked pretty good at the end of the season. Joe Burrow back there another year. Ed Orgeron obviously proved a lot of people wrong in his first year. Um, so what do you guys think about that uh, About that number, about that nine for uh, LSU? I, uh, I'm not as high on LSU as everybody else is. I'm not a huge Ed Orgeron guy. I got uh, personal bad memories with the guy, to be honest. They say he's uh, opened up the offense. They say he's going to run a spread. We hear that every year with that order on. What, what happens when they go three and out two straight times in that first game? He's going right back to his bread and butter, yeah. right back to what he knows. I'm not sold on Joe Burrows. Yeah, the defense is supposed to be top five, but isn't LSU's defense always top five? I'm yeah. going under. I think that they probably get to nine and push it. 
but I, I just cannot buy Ed Orgeron. No, I, I feel you on that. I mean, it's it's tough to it's tough to trust him two years in a row when you've seen the track record yet. I could see why you're not buying it, Clay, because we've we've said this for like three years in a row. I feel like when's that Ogeron going to get canned? When is he going to fall out? But he's still there, like a cockroach. You can't kill him. Um, but I'm on the over. I'll have to disagree with you, uh, Joe Burrow. I'm a believer. I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll go out there and have some good some good games this year, especially given their schedule. Um, really, we all can't wait for them to go to Austin uh, week two after they play oh, Georgia yeah. Southern. Um, we hope. Every, I'm sure everybody listening to this pod hopes that Texas get ra- gets railed by them. Um, that'll be fun because they do come to Baton Rouge the year after. Um, so it'll be a double, double bloodbath, but I mean, you got to look out for, I mean, the real competition comes in October. They played Florida at home at Mississippi state, Auburn at Alabama. I mean, that's their four toughest weeks. And then they finish off at Ole Miss, Arkansas at home and at A&M, which, you know, everybody stayed up for that seven overtime game last year. Um, which ruined my A&M total. So appreciate you, LSU, for doing that. But I, I am buying into what they're doing. They got Joey Brady, new pass game coordinator, who was the former assistant for New Orleans Saints. So he's getting that preseason hype. We'll see what happens. If he can flip the switch, I think he's going to be a reason why they do win 10 wins or they do have 10 wins. But defense is going to be elite. Um, offense – once again, like Clay said, promised to be more shotgun, more spread. But, I mean, their four games at home are Florida, Auburn, Arkansas, A&M, which are big games, and it's good that they're all at home. So, I think worst case you yeah. push, but totally worth taking the over. Yeah, I really thought you had – go ahead, Clay. Just to touch back on that LSU-Texas game, so everybody out there listening knows this is a pro horns down podcast. You will not be penalized 15 yards if you do horns down on this pod. So just so everybody knows. Welcome the callers to always participate in horns down. Um, also too, Mike, I thought you had Joey Brady as a nickname for Joe Burrows. And I was super proud that you were on our <laughs> podcast, but that's their uh, whatever coordinator. So uh, a little bit disappointed, but still fire nickname. If that was what you had. Maybe um, maybe during the year when he's lighting it up, we'll start calling him Joey Brady. <laughs> yeah, the, you heard it here first. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, they're a tough one for me. I think I'm going to go over. I mean, if I was doing pushes, I'd probably say a push just because I think that number is pretty pretty on the money. Uh, but I, I just think they're going to find – especially if they get by Texas and they're able to kind of sweep their non-conference, I think they'll find enough wins. It's just it's one of those teams you can't kill. And it's it's really tough, but uh, you know they all and they also have Ole Miss and Arkansas at the end of the season to kind of make up ground if they um, if they need to. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, finish out with uh, with uh, Clay going under and me and Mike going over on LSU's nine. Um, let's move on to Texas A and M. Uh, their numbers at seven and a half. It's stayed there all summer. Um, they're obviously rec- returning Kellen Mond. Uh, it's another year for uh, Jimbo Fisher. Um, they uh, obviously they had a let me see what their schedule was last year. They finished out nine and four. They finished pretty strong. Um, uh, they had a tough schedule. They also have one, another one this year. Is they're one of the two SEC teams that play Clemson in the non-conference. 
So uh, real tough there, but they have potential to really shine at the end if they can make it through that. Um, uh, Clay, what do you think? Uh, what's your prediction for A&M? This is a seven and a half, you said? Seven and a half, yeah. I'm going to go under on A&M. I think they are, they're probably about the same boat they, are, they were last year. They'll obviously lose to Clemson. I think Auburn at home and Arkansas and Arlington, they'll, they'll split those. I just don't really give them much of a shot against Bama. I don't know. Uh, they go to they go to Athens and LSU to end the year. So mm. I don't know. That's about as brutal as it gets. I think they go seven and five, and Jimbo's just spinning his tires. They're paying him seven and a half million to win seven games. Old money speaks. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm going to counter that. I think I think over is the play. I really do. I mean, seven and a half was their total last year. I was on the under, but. I'm just going to say this. I, I think they'll slip – they'll get one. They're going to catch somebody. I don't know who it's going to be, but they'll catch somebody. Jimbo Fisher, a coach like that, you can't count them out. Um, they do have the toughest schedule in the entire NCAA. Um, yep. Texas State to start. I mean, at Clemson, that game really will week two set the tone. I mean, not that they're going to win. I'm not saying that. But you've got Texas State and Lamar – UTSA, I mean, they got one of the weakest non-conferences besides like, well, when you play Clemson, that pretty much weighs out all three of those teams. But those are three wins. I think they beat Mississippi State at home. They'll beat Ole Miss. They'll beat Arkansas. I think they'll probably could beat Auburn at home. But, I mean, the end of the end of the year, those last two games, I mean, that's brutal. But they have to beat LSU, I think, to get that uh, eighth win. So – I mean, I'm on the over just because their defense is going to be pretty darn good as it's usually been. But I mean, overall, you got Mond back there slinging it, so we'll see. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, that's really right there on the line. It's a good Vegas number. Uh, their schedule's super tough. Uh, they're going to have to really win. You know, they can't slip up against Auburn or Arkansas, or uh, you know, they can't. You know, they they notoriously don't play good against Mississippi State, but that's a game they have to win at home. Um, to really, you know, to, to give them enough room at the end of the season to lose one of those games to Georgia or LSU, which I really don't see enough uh, chance that they sweep that or, uh, you know, any scenario that that happens. But it's it's really on the line for me. I'm pro I think I'm going to go uh, – I think I'm going to go under and have them right at seven uh, just because I really – if, if, if they don't come to compete against that – in that Clemson game or if Mond really doesn't show out in his third year that he's the guy, maybe you get into – a quarterback controversy and, and Jimbo starts trying stuff. So I'm going to stick uh, with under as well uh, with Clay and Mike going over. But I could definitely, I mean, you know, if they come out and play against, uh, come out to play against Clemson, they played them well last year. Maybe that sets the tone for their season, like you said, Mike. I think Clay um, said under, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm under. Yeah, you said over. Oh, my bad. I said it wrong. I was, I'm under with Clay and Mike went over. I think the name so. to know besides Kellen Mond is uh, Kendrick Rogers. He's 6'4", 210, big wide receiver. Uh, was like fifth on catches last year, but, I mean, he's the target. I think that's really going to shine this year for yeah. them. Yeah, he, he had some good games last year. Especially against LSU at the end of the year. Yeah. So Next up, see. next up we got the two uh, – Two Mississippi schools. We're going to start with Mississippi State. Uh, they opened up at eight wins. Uh, they're down to seven and a half. Um, uh, and uh, at Bovada, 
Uh, they obviously went eight and five last year uh, with a finishing off the season with a loss to uh, Iowa in the most electric ball game of the year. And uh, <clears throat> there was a lot of hype around them last year. They had one of the best defenses in the country. Still couldn't uh, still couldn't manage to pair that with a consistent offense. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald is gone. There's a QB controversy with Tommy Stevens and Keaton Thompson. Stevens transferring in from Penn State where Moorhead used to coach. And uh, Thompson, uh, obviously a third-year guy in the system there, uh, holdover from Mullen. So we'll see who rises to the top there. That's going to be obviously hugely dependent on how the season plays out, the quarterback play. Because I think you're going to have decent uh, skill positions in 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 a somewhat solid but not near as good defense as last year. Uh, so uh, seven and a half is a little bit easier of a number to kind of uh, work with. Eight was really tough. I think we were all pretty much going under when that number came out this summer, but now that it dropped, it's a little bit different. So, Mike, what do you think? Uh, what do you have on state? Let's reflect on 2018 one one more time. So, please don't you have <laughs> one of the. Uh, I don't want to, but you had the number one defense in the nation. Three first round picks on that side. You had uh, Joe Moorhead, who admitted in media days this year that he was a little high when he was talking about, you know, telling Nick Fitzgerald to share a little room on his trophy board for the Heisman. Literally and, smoking uh, marijuana. He was, he was definitely doing something. Maybe with him. Who knows? Uh, but either way, I, I, I got to buy the over. I don't really see more than four losses on the schedule. Of course, you count. LSU and Bama's automatic losses if you're a Mississippi State fan. Um, But last year with their offense production, which was abysmal, I mean, running was great, but of your four losses you had, they scored a combined 16 points. Combined four games, 16. Do the math. That's four a game. It's bad. This year, you got touchdown Tommy coming in. I mean, he's got the hype. We'll see. Yeah. Don't be surprised if he runs wide receiver a little bit. They're gonna. I think they're gonna mix in Keaton and him in a lot of different formations. But we'll see. I mean, a year two with this type of offensive style, I think is gonna benefit. If anything, I mean, defense is gonna fall off significantly. I don't think as much as people are expecting. But I mean, given the schedule layout, your first four games are pretty much wins. Um, at Auburn, I would give a loss. At Tennessee, I mean, you got to take that game serious because, I mean, any SEC game on the road is tough. Um, but my biggest threats for this season is probably LSU at A&M. That's a tough one. Bama at home and LSU at home. I mean, if you can slip up and – or if you, you can catch Alabama and LSU slipping up, I mean, I think 10 wins is possible. Possible. But I think yeah. nine's your cap, eight's your floor. Yeah. Not to sound super biased, but, you know. <laughs> hey, all good. Following up with numbers. What do you got, Clay? Uh, if, it, if it was still at eight, I would go under. But that seven-and-a-half number, I have to go over. I just – I don't really see five losses on here. But I, I couldn't have found three last year, and they found a way to lose four. Bringing in the kid who backed up uh, Chase McSorley the last three years, I'm, I'm not sold on him either. They just have to do something because I think we saw that Keaton Thompson is just not going to get it done. I uh, I think eight and four is is their number this year. I mean they had a ten and two team last year and they went eight and four. So let's see what Moorhead's made of. He might have blamed some of the last year's problems on Nick Fitz. 
But if, if they somehow didn't get to eight this year, I, I think we would find out that uh, that Moorhead is not just the quarterback offensive guru that everybody has him pegged out to be. But I, I'll go over. Yeah. No, I think you're right, both of you guys. I mean, it's it's going to be a trying season. Eight and four would be probably looked at as a, as a success, but the schedule and everything looks a little bit better this season. Um, I mean, they – I really think if they're gonna if they're gonna go over eight, it's gonna be you know that Auburn game number uh, the fifth game of the year. That Auburn game is gonna really decide it. You know they if they can come out and beat Kentucky and Auburn after starting three and zero against uh, Lafayette, uh, Southern Miss, and K State, then I think you're really looking at a, a good season and you can really get some momentum and, and you'll have a bye week before Tennessee as well, which will definitely help um, that road game. Um, but you're right. I think Alabama and LSU are the clear outliers, and A and M uh, is obviously a tough one. So probably best case scenario, like you said, nine and three, uh, most likely eight and four. Um, so uh, I think we're all in consensus on that one as well, going over uh, the seven and a half number. So I'll get that put in, and uh, let's move on to Ole Miss, uh, who last year finished with a record of five and seven, uh, one and seven in the conference. Obviously lost Jordan Tamu, uh, AJ Brown. Um, uh, Metcalf, Metcalf, yeah, Metcalf as well. Can't forget Metcalf. Um, had a tough season uh, with the, you know really seeing those recruiting sanctions and everything come into play. And obviously Clay can elaborate on that and how the feeling is around the fan base. But uh, Matt Luke is back in uh, second season, uh, which some people thought he wasn't. Rich Rod running the offense. A lot of new coordinators, a lot of new coaches. Uh, true, fr- uh, I guess redshirt or true freshman starting quarterback. So a lot of unknowns on the team. Uh, their number is at. Uh, five, it's stuck there. It opened at five as well. So uh, I'll start off with you, Clay. What do you think? Um, what do you think of all Miss this year? Man, I just want to make a disclaimer. It, it pains me to get on this podcast week after week and, and put down my alma mater like we had to last year. But it's under this year. They they had they went five and seven. They had five or six draft picks. They got a nineteen year old redshirt freshman quarterback behind a rebuild offensive line. It's just set up to be a disaster. This is going to be the worst year of the recruiting sanctions. I don't see them finding five wins. I think it's either three or four. I don't want to break it down. It just it, it hurts me inside to break down the schedule. But I'm going under. I don't know what Mike's going to do, but I think this is under for sure. Yep. Mike, we can't hear you. Sorry, I muted myself. Um I was saying nothing but good that things. That was nothing but cuss words about Ole Miss. That's why we had to bleep it. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. I mean, I've had zero problem with Ole Miss over the years. Um, I think – I mean, this schedule's tough. I mean, you go to the Liberty Bowl week one, which we all know is the one in, one out. I mean, Ole Miss fans still have nightmares of uh, – I guess it was, what, three years ago or four years ago when they played Memphis? Four years ago and 16 years ago. Those, <laughs> those nightmares don't go away. Yeah, I mean, the Liberty Bowl has not been a friendly place to, to, the, to the Rebels. Um, if, they can, if they can slip and win, if they can win that game, they'll hit five, but I don't think they're going to hit six. So, um, they, I think the winnable games, I mean, they got Cal coming to Oxford, southeastern Louisiana. I mean, the, the first four weeks are really – I think a good opportunity for them to be three and one. Um, I don't know how you feel about the Arkansas game, Clay, but I think that's a winnable game. Uh, we'll get to Arkansas; they're trash. But 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to be in the West, especially being, you know, in the situation Ole Miss has been the past couple of years with their bowl situations. But now you throw in two former head coaches on their staff, offensive coordinator Rich Rodriguez, and then you got a defensive coordinator who was just the head coach at uh, – drawing a blank here. Colorado, Mike McIntyre. Yeah, yeah, McIntyre. So, I mean, you got a three-headed uh, head coach committee – so could that cause a little controversy? Maybe. Um, but I think either way, this is Matt Luke's last season. I'll just say it now. But I think overall, I think five's your cap, but I'm going under. I can't, I can't do anything but that. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right. I think we're all going to be under on this one. Uh, tough year in Oxford. But like you said earlier, Clay, the, the one thing that I think is going to be even worse for this team is that they do have that – they're one of two teams that start out the year with uh, with eight straight games. And with a team with a freshman quarterback, I mean, any team that's starting a freshman quarterback and lost, what, five or six draft picks, like you have eight straight games open the season. You don't really have any type of week or a long weekend to over to recover from a loss or to recoup and maybe try something new. That's going to be a big factor in the season. Um, you know, spreading those bye weeks out even in October, November is not uh, not best for this squad. But I think we're all in consensus that it's going to be an under there. Uh, but we're, uh, we're we're looking out for that first week line uh, with Ole Miss Memphis uh, once it comes. You know, I, there's some stuff out there now, but once that uh, once it comes out, uh, when we break it down in the first, uh, I guess, second or third pod, that'll be that'll be a fun one. Yeah, it's a six point game right now. Just to yeah. let y'all know. Uh, but, I mean, I think the real thing with Ole Miss, I mean, they have so much fallout in offense. No one really knows what they're going to be like. I mean, they got Matt Coral, um, who tried to start a fight in the Egg Bowl or, or tried to chip in there. But Scotty Phillips, I mean, that's their best player. And, yeah. you know, if they're going to be – they may be a one-dimensional team from that standpoint since the big fallout of wide receivers. But, I mean, I think the offense is really – Rich Rodriguez, I mean, he's known for being an offensive guru, so we'll see. Yeah. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough one. Um, so let's move on. we got two teams left in the West real quick here. Uh, Auburn uh, finished 8-5 and five last year, somewhat of a disappointment with uh, Jarrett Stidham being there. Uh, and then uh, they were only 3-5 and five in the conference, uh, lost a couple games that people didn't think they would. Um, they Obviously, Stidham left for the draft this year, so they're uh, replacing him. Um, and, uh, you know, they don't, they don't have an easy schedule. They never do. They always have, uh, some tests, uh, usually now to conference there and they're playing Oregon and Arlington, um, in a, in a random Texas matchup there, of course, with Auburn and Oregon, uh, in the beginning of the season. And then, um, you know, they, uh, they always finish out with Alabama and they also play Georgia again this year in the crossover. Uh, so that's a tough, a tough schedule nonetheless. Um, and their number before I forget, uh, just deleted my. Thing, uh, but it is seven and a half, there, right? Seven and a half. It started at eight and uh, went down to uh, seven and a half most recently. So, what do you, uh, what do you got, Clay? So, the seven and a half number, it's I got to bet over because if it doesn't go over, he's fired. He cannot go seven and five and let Alabama go undefeated again or he's gone. I think Gus is too good of a coach with his back against the wall. He could get to nine potentially this year. I mean, they have Georgia at home and Alabama at home. I like the, I like their chances. I just uh, – he's back – he's coaching against the wall right now, and he's got to try everything he can. I mean, are we not in agreement if he wins seven games, he's out? I would, yeah. I would agree. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, that, that, means, you're, 
that means if you go seven and five, you're probably losing to a Mississippi State or an Arkansas or somebody like you're that. You're losing to or yeah. You're probably losing to Oregon, yeah, LSU, yeah. Georgia, Bama, and probably A and M. If they lose to Oregon week one on national, or probably like primetime game, there's going to be people calling for his job that week, that Sunday. If he loses, if he loses to Oregon, tune into the Fine Bob Show on Monday. Let's go. Yeah, and then tune into our podcast. Uh, so yeah, so you're going uh, you're going over on seven and a half, more of a back against the wall kind of have to scrape it out. And I mean, last year they won, they went eight and five last year, and it was a kind of a, you know, a lot of people projected them to win nine or ten games. So I don't think that's, I think seven and a half is a good number for a team that always has good talent and a coach that's won, you know, won a national championship. So, um, so Clay's going over. What do you, uh, what do you got, Mike? I gotta agree again. I mean, uh, eight, eight, eight is the number. I really do. Uh, it's going to look totally different this year uh, for their team. I mean, they won seven last year, uh, pretty disappointing. But they've got four seniors on offense on the offensive line, which should give um, their quarterback plenty of time to throw the ball. Um, they do have a quarterback battle going on. Um, yeah, they've got what's his name, Pat uh, Bo Nix, who's son of Patrick Nix who was a star quarterback for Auburn back in the 90s. Um, he was a very, you know, highly recruited, won two state championships in high school, an Alabama five-star recruit, um, early enrollee for spring practices. So I think overall he may be the guy, um, which, I mean, they got a strong offensive line. They got a good, you know, core for that offense. And defensively, I mean, they're always pretty solid. Gus has been a – you know, offensive guy for a while. But, I mean, I think overall, looking at the bulk of the schedule, I see seven wins, but I think the eighth one comes between uh, A&M, a Florida, an LSU, or a Georgia and Bama. And, you know, odds are they're not going to win that Georgia game. They're not going to win that Bama game. So, I think uh, going to Baton Rouge will be tough. Um, those are always good games. Auburn and LSU have always been good games. Um, but I have to go over. Yeah. I think that's the call. All, all of us are in uh, agreement once again, uh, the three straight, three straight in a row, but Hey, follow us anyway. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think over is the call there. That, that Oregon game is going to uh, really decide a lot about that, their season. Um, so, um, that'll be a fun one to watch. Uh, let's go finish it out with Arkansas. Um, they opened up with uh, a number of six wins and they've dropped to five and a half. Six seemed pretty high when it came out. Um, five and a half is, is, is a little bit lower, but I think a lot of people are still uh, pretty confident that they're going to go under. They went uh, two and ten last year, worst season in a long, 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 long time. Oh and eight in the conference. It was Chad Morris's first year. Um, now in his second year, uh, a lot of people are saying that he has to put up or you know, get out of town, which you know, it's tough uh, to be a, held to that standard, but that, and that's the SEC. Um, they, uh, new quarterbacks, new quarterbacks are in, in and out, a lot of new talent in and out, a lot of, they cleaned house on a lot of stuff. Uh, so what do you, uh, what do you, Mike, what do you think, uh, what do you think Arkansas is looking like this year? You could have set yourself up really well with a last, but not least, but it really is least, yeah. uh, at least for the teams we're covering. But one thing Chad Morris needs to know, and I respect him for being a family guy, but you can't go flying to your high school son's games on a Friday night before a Saturday game. You can't do that this year. I'm, it's a hot take, but you just can't do it, especially with the, the way you've started out. 
um, as your first year as the uh, one of the premier SEC schools, I guess. I mean, historically, they've been a good program. But, I mean, this is the year, but they're going to be trash. Five and a half, give me the under all day. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident. This is one of my more confident ones in the conference. Um, but, I mean, you're talking about a team that's won six games in their past two years. Mm-hmm. So you expect me to believe that they're going to triple their win total in one year. Um, it's, un- it's not unreasonable for them to go 0-8 in the conference again, but I, don't, I think they'll slip they'll, – they'll get one. Uh, but I would say they'd catch like a Kentucky or a Missouri. Um, Ole Miss in week two I think really is the uh, major key for this, for this team um, to either hit this bet or not hit this bet. So if you're not confident in that, I would just bet on that game alone. But, I mean, he's got his quarterback coming in from SMU, Ben Hicks. That's the only notable name I could see on this, this entire thing. But uh, five and a half – I just don't – they're not making a bowl. They can't. No. Hear me, hear me out, boys. September 7th, Arkansas Ole Miss, Chad Morris coaching for his job. If he loses that game, they go 0-8, and nobody survives an 0-16 start in the conference. It's under. They might get to four or five wins, but it's that week two game. Because the Kentucky game is in Lexington – and Missouri's in Little Rock in front of 40,000 drunk Little Rock folks. They have to beat Ole Miss in week two, or it's over for Chad Morris and his assistant, S.J. Toohey. Shout out <laughs> to the blind side. Shout out. Yeah, that's going to be a tough – tough to make it. Uh, 0-16 would be an incredible uh, hole to climb out of, and I don't think – you know, they're not going to – there's some there's some rich alumni there at Arkansas that's not going to stand by for that. And they're notable non-conference. They got Portland State, Colorado State, San Jose State, and Western Kentucky. Um, yeah, they lost to Colorado State last year, I believe. Yeah, they did. No, I mean, was it, but it's not was it the Colorado toughest. State. Yeah, yeah they blew so, like a twenty-one point second half lead in uh, Colorado Springs. They pulled and lost the to North Texas too. The most incredible special teams play of all time. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, they, they, even if they win their four, give them the four out-of-conference games, like Clay said, that, that Ole Miss game is the kicker. And that may determine Chad Morris's future. I still don't think there's any worry that they hit go over five and a half. I think that's a, that's a number that should probably drop as we get closer to the season. Um, maybe. I mean, I don't know if it'll affect that much. But I think five and a half, under five and a half is, is, a, is a clear bet there. So we finished out uh, in agreement there on the uh, – last few teams um uh, Arkansas being the last and then we wanted to get one more team in here Tiger High of course obviously we we mentioned that they're uh matching up with Ole Miss in a couple of weeks in the Liberty Bowl to open the season uh coming off a season last year where they were disappointing um they they had some games early in the season that uh, a lot of people thought they were going to win but they got two running backs drafted um uh, two running backs that could possibly be major NFL players this year uh, contributors so that's never good when you decide you want to throw the ball a lot. Uh, so, um, so what do you guys think? Uh, you guys obviously know Memphis a little bit better than me. You guys are boots on the ground there, hearing all the chatter. Memphis football is is kind of uh, taking over a lot of people uh, in the fall. So, what, what's going on? I think Memphis is for, is, has a uh, has too much to replace. You can never replace a guy like Darrell Henderson. Never. Shout out Darrell Henderson. He was our guy last year. I think uh, it's basically probably going to come down to that Ole Miss game on the over-under. 
because they end the year at Houston, at South Florida, and Cincinnati at home. Those are three tough games. Houston has Dana Holgerson this year, so we you never can count him out. I uh, I like what Memphis has. They lost a couple games last year, though, that Norvell clearly should not have lost. Yeah. So you have to worry about that aspect. I'm going to go under just for the sake because I, I need to fade Mike and I have a feeling of what he's going to go. So they're nine I'm going and to a go half, under. Right? Their, their number's nine and a half. Yeah. Nine and a half. Yeah, it's tough, too. I mean, they're like you said, that Ole Miss game is going to be huge, even though it's week one for that nine and a half. It's going to be huge for their bowl season as well, especially if they have a, a really good season. A win against the SEC team is going to be good. Um, they have more ESPN games than the Memphis Grizzlies, so that's, that's looking good for them. Um, but, uh, but, Mike, what do you think is going to be uh, is Memphis this year? You're a little bit higher on them, aren't you? Yeah, I am. And I wasn't super high on them last year like Clay was. Um, and I think their win total was eight and a half last year from what I remember, but I, I, I do like the over. I mean, of course, nine is ideal of saying that's a push, but Patrick Taylor, who is the uh, running back who's got the biggest shoes to fill, losing guys like Henderson and Pollard, like like Clay said, uh, you got Brady White coming back. He completed 63% of his passes last year. Uh, Coxie and Magnifico, those are two names to know. Um, one thing that was interesting is that defensively, they gave up 31 or more points in eight games out of their 12 last year. Eight out of their last 12 games, they allowed 31 points or more. Uh, they got 10 of their top 12 tacklers back. So I think that's going to help with some of the offense they've lost. But, I mean, Memphis, they could they just outscore the crappy teams. I mean, that's what they did last year with Henderson in the backfield. Caused a lot of turnovers, took a lot of risk. But um, – I actually would like them to win the American um, three to one. If you want to look at that, just to grab it. But the Ole Miss game, I think is really the biggest one. I think that could concern me on this. But I mean, Cincy and Houston, like, like Clay said, those aren't easy ones uh, from a conference standpoint, but they're tougher ones at home. They're tougher conference games are at home. Um, I mean, eight wins was very disappointing last year, especially losing to Tulane in the membrane. Um, Navy, and Navy earlier part in the year, um, and they lost to the former national champions twice. So, I mean, they're due. I think Norvell's got it. Ten wins. Oh, so you're going over on Tiger High. Ten wins. Yeah, week two I may change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they're, yeah, there's uh, not a lot of big-ticket games in the middle of the year there after uh, they get out of that Navy game, but – uh, like you said, they t- they finish out with Houston, South Florida, and Cincinnati. So, it'll be two – or three uh, three tough ones. I uh, never know how good Houston's going to be. They got Holgerson there. So, um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go under on them as well. I think uh, they're – I think there's a chance they could beat uh, Ole Miss in the opening game of the season. But I think uh, I think nine wins is going to be pretty good for them. We'll see how the future of Mike Norvell looks. If people regret that, regret that deal, I think he's still um, – Deciding to commit to the school was probably a really good decision for them. But is there anything else you guys want to cover before we uh, get out of here? I know uh, we'll come back next Thursday for uh, uh, kind of a week zero picks with um, a couple of games in the opening weekend, and we'll cover a couple other little tidbits here and there, and then we'll get ready for uh, week one the following week. So it's uh, it's here. Football season's here. Yeah, just the countdown is on. That's right. Uh, just to bounce off of. Uh, Clay's earlier comments about we approve horns down. 
Uh, just keep in mind, Texas is only outside of the state of Texas on their schedule this year twice. That's it. Um, so I, I really don't think – I think their schedule – I mean, what's their total? Can you see that, J-Mac? Yeah, I'll look it up real quick. Uh, I think given their momentum – I mean, their over-under is nine and a half. Yeah, nine and a half. I, 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 would, I would lean on the under there. Um, they've got LSU week two. They've got Oklahoma State, which is always dangerous. But, I mean, given their schedule, I don't think this is a 10-win Texas team. So, that would be one, I would say, outside of the SEC and Tiger High would be something to look at. Um, and, of course, we all loved Hugh Freeze. He's returning, which Clay has some breaking news about that. Uh, but their yeah. over-unders, their over-unders five and a half. Um, Liberty? But, yeah. <laughs> We're getting uh, Liberty lines. Let's go. But, I mean, typically – Hugh Freeze, when he goes into a program, he he does a dramatic improvement. So, I mean, that's something to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, in that uh, – and in, in going back to Texas real quick, they have to uh, – they got to be on upset alert October 19th for Les Miles coach Kansas team coming in there. That's, uh, that's going to be a cool. tough one. Mid- middle of the season. Cool. I mean, talk about – between Oklahoma and TCU, talk about a sandwich. Les Miles, Rock Chalk. Les Miles is making this a football school, not a basketball school. I think their so. win total is like two and a half. <laughs> Maybe mark it down over. Okay, <laughs> over on Kansas. We'll try to we'll try to squeeze them in next episode because know everybody wants the Big Twelve breakdown. Um, but anyway, guys, appreciate uh, y'all jumping on again. Uh, we'll uh, get this episode edited and cut up. There's a couple of spots in the middle, but. We'll have some uh, some cool little uh, segments and stuff coming for the regular parts of the season when we get into the, the five picks each week, each week from Mike and Clay and uh, some uh, incorporate some other guests and stuff. But uh, as always, appreciate you guys listening. And uh, Mike, Clay, thanks for thanks for jumping on. No problem. Until next week. Let's All get right. it. See you guys. Peace.